As I was just saying, um, and most of you know that uh, I will, this is my last Sunday uh, for a while. I'll be away uh, on sabbatical from Thursday, so if you do need to get a hold of me before then, I'll be here through Thursday, or until Thursday, and then back on September 1st. Um, and of course, I am uh, excited to have such a gen- generous amount of time and rest uh, to renew. Um, However, being away for so long, I do take the risk of you all realizing that you really don't need me. (laughs) And I say that for several good reasons. Uh, One, as I was saying in the shorter reflection, is because you'll have Gail here preaching and uh, available for any official minister of word and sacrament duties, Uh, also because you all serve each other in such wonderful, caring ways on your own initiative anyways, um, that I know that will continue. But perhaps the most significant reason I say you all really don't need me is because all of us as a whole and each of us as individuals have with us always the most important source of wisdom and guidance we will ever need. Not only do we have the living presence of Christ with us in the presence of the Holy Spirit, but we also have God's rich treasury of writings collected over centuries into one book. And even more specifically in our understanding of our faith tradition, we have the four-part collection of writings that make up our one gospel of Jesus Christ. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are four parts of the one whole story, the one good news story of Jesus Christ. And it is in this gospel collection that we have our greatest source of unending wisdom. In essence, I believe that that is what the author is after in our final verse of John's telling of the story of Jesus. It sounds initially as if the author is speaking literally. Uh, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were in down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. And I'm sure at the time that this was written, this sounded a little bit more reasonable. Um, Everything at the time had to be handwritten with ink on vellum or parchment. And so scrolls and books were very large, cumbersome things. Now, of course, with digitalization and compression, we know that this claim is verifiably false in terms of a literal reading. Even for the time, though, I believe that this is meant to be understood in a much more figurative sense. One clue to that is the word that's translated in our NIV as world, that the whole world wouldn't be able to contain them, isn't the Greek word for earth. Uh, the, the Greek word is cosmos, 
Uh, so in other words, the author is indicating that even the entire cosmos, as we understand it, couldn't hold, couldn't contain the stories of Jesus. The British, uh, contemporary British theologian Tom Wright explains well what this likely means when he writes, even if it might be technically true that every single deed Jesus ever did could be written down, and that the books, though numerous, would ultimately be finite in number. Nevertheless, the point remains, the world wouldn't be able to contain them. They would be too explosive. It would be like trying to play a symphony, symphony on a broken piano. It would be like light shining in darkness and the darkness being unable to master it. The world couldn't hold it, couldn't take it. The 16th century French reformer John Calvin added, uh, not only ought we to take into account the number of Christ's works, but we ought also to consider the importance and magnitude. As mortal human beings, we simply don't have the capacity to grasp a full understanding, a comprehensive understanding of who Jesus is and what Jesus means for life. And, and life not only for us as human beings, but for creation, for the cosmos even, as we know it. In our New Testament passage, Paul hints at the, the mind-boggling enormity of the person of Jesus Christ. When he writes that his, his point is he's trying to, even those he hasn't met yet personally, uh, he, he's trying to encourage them in heart and to be united in love so that they may have the full riches of, uh, of a complete, he says, understanding as far as humans are able, in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Jesus Christ are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. This is the main reason why I say that you don't need me. Our greatest source of wisdom and knowledge and guidance is Jesus himself. And even though what we have recorded in the writing of, writing of his words and deeds, even though that is really just a sliver of his time on earth, it is inexhaustible in its supply of wisdom. We have a little bit of writing about uh, his birth and, and maybe a, a little bit of timeline coming up to his birth. And then there's one story of when he was a teenager. And then basically we have a little bit of the time when he was about 30 to 33. And as our author says, even what's written down of that is just a sliver of all of the many things that Jesus said and did. 
And yet, even with as little as we have, it's far more than we will ever be able to exhaust. Let me give you an example. This sermon series that we're finishing today, the sermon series on the gospel according to John. This started the last month of 2021. And here we are now, almost halfway through 2022. This will be the 26th sermon uh, that I have preached on John in this particular series this time around. Uh, I preach, but this is also the sixth time I've preached a series on the gospel according to John. Uh, I preach every year from Advent through at least Easter, and usually there are several post-Easter sermons available in the Gospels. I preach every year from Advent through Easter on one of the four versions of the Gospel, and I do this on a four-year cycle. So over four years, I cover all four Gospels. All of that, and still I haven't come anywhere close to having preached on all that is in these books. I mean, this sermon alone is on one verse out of John's gospel. I know a story of a preacher who preached on just the gospel according to Mark every Sunday for three years. And Mark is the shortest of the four gospels or gospel versions. Every year, sometime in late November, I sit down with whichever gospel version is going to be uh, or is up in the rotation, the four-year rotation. I sit down with the gospel, a pencil, a, a scrap of paper. I pray, and then I start to read through that gospel, and I read through the whole thing in one sitting. And as I'm reading through... Whenever a particular story or a, a word or a verse or um, something, a saying of Jesus, whenever it sort of sparkles, you know, lifts off of the page, I write down the reference and then I keep reading. And I go through the whole version, writing down as things sort of pop up. Mind you, I've done this enough times now that I am really selective when I, if I write down a reference. I mean, it has to really pop off the page because I know what's going to happen. Inevitably, I, I do this, I get through the whole uh, gospel, and I have uh, usually at least twice as much, twice as many references as I have Sundays available for preaching. And usually it's more like three times as many possible sermons as I actually have Sundays to preach. And like I said, I mean, I've, I've done every one of these six times, so I, I'm really picky. I mean, it's got to really jump off the page if it even gets, makes that first list. And still, every single time I get to the end and I have way more possible scriptures to preach on than I have Sundays to do it. 
the wisdom and understanding available in our scriptures is truly unending. And so, as I get ready to exit stage left for the summer, I want to encourage each of us with the wisdom of the psalmist this morning, who reminds us that we are blessed when we stay on course, walking steadily on the road revealed by God. We're blessed when we follow God's directions, doing our best to find God. That's right. We don't go off on our own. We walk straight along the road God set. You, God, prescribed the right way to live, and now you expect us to live it. Oh, that our steps might be steady, keeping to the course you set. Then we'd never have any regrets in comparing our lives with your counsel. We thank you for speaking straight from your heart. We learn the pattern of your righteous ways. We're going to do what you tell us to do. Don't ever walk off and leave us alone. And the good news is we know that God will never walk off and leave us alone. God gives us all the wisdom and guidance that we will ever need and more especially in our gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, initially, when I <clears throat> saw this verse and thought, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna use this as the, the last of my uh, sermon texts before sabbatical, I read that part. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose there wouldn't be uh, enough room in the whole world for all the, the books that would be written. I thought, oh, what a great segue into basically I should provide a reading list to the congregation for the summer. <clears throat> and all these great books started going through my head and I thought, okay, I'll make up a, a list and you know, I'll print it out and people can take it with them and we'll all have sort of a we'll all have a sabbatical and a, a learning summer and all that stuff. But then as I actually sat down and I read what this was after, and again that that piece about how it's this is not about about reading about everything that Jesus did or said and it's not about reading other people's takes on all that it's about the inexhaustible wisdom and guidance that comes from reading the texts themselves I realized that the most important reading any of us will ever do is to read the gospel stories themselves. This is our greatest source of wisdom and guidance. If there is, if we had not already known this before, I think most of us have learned over the last couple years that there is very little in life that is guaranteed. Not our health, not our jobs, not our institutions, not our pastors. But this morning's text reminds us that there's something we can always rely on. God's love, God's guidance, God's wisdom. These are unending. Not even the whole of our cosmos 
can contain the store of the treasures that we find in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God.